What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. And today on the podcast, uh, yesterday's podcast, we talked a lot in depth about um, the Dolphins' offense, defense, and special teams, where they ranked in 2020, and what areas I feel like each unit needed to improve this year, and if I felt like they made the necessary moves as of right now to address those needs. Um, And today, I figured we would do the same thing, uh, offense, defense, but I figured we would talk about what I expect or what you should expect to see different from the defense and offense in 2021. Um, To start off, let's start off with the defense because if we're going to talk about changes, Let's get the easiest out of the way. The defense has very little changes at all, right? Same scheme with Brian Flores. Boyer is still the defensive coordinator. They added pieces like Javon Holland, Jason McCourty, Jalen Phillips, Adam Butler, um, Justin Coleman uh, at nickel. So they added some pieces for sure on the defense. But I think philosophy-wise... The Dolphins' identity is always going to be what Brian Flores brings to the team, which is what he brought from New England. The Belichick defense, scheming up blitzes. Brian Flores, you look at his last year in New England and what he liked to do last year in Miami. Um, he loves scheming up blitzes and and making the def- or the offense not know who's rushing and who isn't. Um, so that is always going to be the same for the Dolphins' defense. I think with the addition of Jalen Phillips, expect to see less reliance on um, scheming up blitzes because I feel like, you know, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, yesterday especially. The biggest weakness for the Dolphins was creating consistent pressure without blitzing whenever you needed to, right? So I feel like the Dolphins addressed that. If Jalen Phillips on the field can stay healthy, um, he, to me, was the best defensive edge prospect last year uh, or this past year. If he would have come out with Chase Young, he was just a little bit behind him, but not by a huge margin. So if he can stay healthy, I think that you you should feel as optimistic about Jalen Phillips being a good edge rusher as really you ever have for the Dolphins. Um, And the other issue was safety. Um, Obviously, we needed better safety play. But from a philosophical standpoint, I don't think you're going to see that many changes from the Dolphins' defense at all, right? You're going to see similar to what you saw last year, but I think it's going to be more well-balanced to where they don't have to rely on cover zero whenever they need to create pressure or Xavier Howard getting an interception, you know, almost every game uh, for the last portion of the season in order to win those games. Um, I think that is going to be the difference you see just being more well-rounded and balanced. But from a philosophical standpoint, which is what I want to focus on today, you're not going to see much of a difference. But offense is really where I wanted to center a lot of this video uh, or this podcast around. Um, Because offensively, you have a new quarterback coach with Charlie Fry. You have a new coordinator or coordinators 
uh, with George Gotzi and uh, Eric Studsville. And also you have a lot newer players, especially, you know, with wide receivers adding Jalen Waddell, having Will Fuller. Um, you get back players like Albert Wilson. Uh, so I think between all of that combined, you're going to see a much different Dolphins offense in 2021. Now, yesterday, if you haven't listened to the podcast from yesterday, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. I talked about where the Dolphins offense ranked last year. And I talked about how overall the Dolphins were statistically ranked about close to middle of the pack, a little bit below the middle of the pack. So you could say the Dolphins offense last year was slightly below average, right? And the biggest thing for me that I didn't talk about yesterday that I wish I would have if I could go back is... What I what you can't see on a stat sheet, um, at least the stat sheet I was looking at, but stats that I wanted to talk about that I think are going to be huge changes for this Dolphins offense next year. So let's focus on the on on this side of the ball with the offense. The first thing that I think you can anticipate being a huge change is going to be pre-snap motion. Okay. And this is something that we've heard Devontae Parker talk about. He said, you know, we're moving around a lot more as wide receivers. That's like the biggest change that he noticed. Obviously, he's not going to talk a lot about it. It it was just, you know, OTAs. They weren't even in minicamps yet. They don't know the whole offense. Um, But what he could say is we're moving around a lot more. There's a lot of movement from the wide receivers compared to last year. The Dolphins in 2020, offensively, were 26th in the NFL in pre-snap motion. The Dolphins ran pre-snap motion 6.7% of the time. If you want to know what teams like Kansas City, Buffalo, teams like the Rams who have, you know, high-powered offenses, they ran pre-snap motion at least 17% of the time. Okay, the Chiefs ran 17%, the Packers ran 22%, Rams and Ravens were at 28 and 36% uh, respectively. So when the Dolphins have 6.7% of the plays being pre-snap motion, you're saying that essentially you are running pre-snap motion a third of the amount of times as the, the powerhouse offensive teams in the NFL. The new modern offenses in the NFL are running pre-snap motion about triple the amount that the Dolphins offense did last year. And some of you may be out there wondering, okay, well, what is the point of a pre-snap motion? Because that was something that, you know, just being honest, I didn't really understand what the point of pre-snap motion was. I was like, you know, why don't they just go out of the huddle to the spot they have to stand at? I, I don't understand why they keep moving. Here are the things that pre-snap motion does. And I think there's two key points that we need to talk about. Number one, pre-snap motion is going to help show the offense what the defense is doing. So if you're the quarterback or the offensive line, when you go up to the line of scrimmage, right? Say you're in a no huddle, uh, no huddle, uh, empty set. When you have pre-snap motion, 
you now know, okay, is the defense going in man coverage, right? Is the cornerback following the wide receiver? Are they in zone? That's going to be the biggest thing. Are they either in zone or are they in man coverage? That's the number one thing that I think pre-snap helps identify. Are they in man coverage? And the Dolphins last year, again, when you have a rookie quarterback like Tua, they needed to try to help him out with pre-snap motion. Because as a rookie quarterback, if you can get any slight edge, really any quarterback in general, Tom Brady talked about this and Aaron Rodgers talked about this, as a quarterback, you're looking for any slight giveaway of what the defense is doing. And pre-snap, again, if it's just one wide receiver in the slot moving to the other side of the field, and that helps you identify, okay, we're in man coverage. That makes the world of difference. And for some reason last year, whether it was when Fitz was in there or Tua, the Dolphins were at the bottom of the NFL, close to the bottom of the NFL in pre-snap motion. And actually that number, that 6.7%, that's actually higher than it was in the first couple of games. I don't know if you guys remember from last year, the first couple of games, the Dolphins had like zero pre-snap motion. Then as the season went along, they started to use it more and more. But in general, you need to have pre-snap motion for any quarterback, I feel like, because it helps give you the advantage of identifying what what uh, scheme or what uh, alignment the defense is in before the snap. The second thing, which is something the Dolphins didn't have last year, but they have now, is pre-snap motion utilizes speed, okay? If you go back and watch Alabama games, if you go back and watch Kansas City games, watch how they use players like Smith, Waddle, who's now on the team, Tyree Kill, um, Nicole Hardman. Watch how they use pre-snap motion to create a disadvantage for the defense. Because there's so many plays where you'll see Tyree Kill or Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, whoever you want to put in that uh, you know, position, they'll move to one side of the field, then they'll fake like they're going to the right side, and then they go left right when the ball is snapped. Because what happens is when you're in pre-snap motion, you now are moving before the snap is or before the play starts, which means you no longer are sitting duck. You're no longer just standing there doing nothing before the snap. You can now move and get a head start on your route. That's something, again, go watch Steve Sarkeesian's offense at Alabama, even last year with Mac Jones. Go watch the Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, Andy Reid's offense. There's so much pre-snap motion because it helps utilize speed. Steve Sarkeesian, I was watching a clinic that he did, uh, I think it was a year ago, or maybe it was a couple months. And he was talking about why he likes his wide receivers to always be moving. He said, no matter what it is, before a route, during a route, whatever it is, I always like the wide receivers to be moving. Because if a wide receiver, let's just say Tyreek Hill, if Tyreek Hill's standing still, I'm as fast as Tyreek Hill. Does that make sense? Like if Tyreek Hill is is not moving, we are equal speeds. You listening to this are just as fast as Tyree Kill when he's not moving. So let's get him moving because if he's super fast, let's utilize that speed. Now, that is one thing that I'm surprised they didn't utilize more with Jakeem Grant because Jakeem Grant's issues are not separation, speed, 
you know, making a guy miss. His problems are really just drops. And honestly, it's not even that he drops the ball that much. It's that he's so fast. And honestly, it, it when you think about it, it sucks because while speed is a good weapon for him, it also makes those drops that much worse because if he were to have caught them, man, it's a home run hit, right? That 50-yard pass from two at the Bengals game, it's not that he dropped it. It's that he's so fast that it's, man, what could have been if he were to have caught that, right? The crossing route or the drag route against the Raiders, he caught it, but he bobbled it a bunch. If he were to have caught it, it now is about a 20-yard gain, maybe more with his ability to make guys miss. But instead, because of the bobble, it goes for like a five-yard completion. So that is one thing I was surprised that they didn't use more with Jakeem Grant is they ha- they didn't utilize his speed before the play. They didn't make him move enough, in my opinion. And if he is to stay on the team, you know, if he's able to get a role on the offense as a wide receiver, I anticipate them using that a lot more. And I I think that you as a Dolphin fan should anticipate a lot more pre-snap motion from this team. You have the speed now, right? You have the Will Fullers, the Albert Wilsons, the Chakeem Grants if he's still on the team, the Jalen Waddle that you just got sixth overall. Pre-snap motion. Help Tua out. Utilize the new speed that you have. So for me, I anticipate that number to double. Like, that 6.7% of the Dolphins offense, I expect that to at least double, right? You look at teams last year that ran pre-snap motion, at least double of that, which would be, what, 13%. You're talking about the top 10% of the team, the top 10 teams, or not even top 10, top 12. The, the team that is 11th, right, that would be 13.8%, the Eagles, the drop-off between them and the Texans was 12.4%, right? So you went from 13.8 to 12.4. So if the Dolphins can double that 6.7, that puts them at top 10 in the NFL in pre-snap motion. If you look at what modern offenses are doing, a lot of pre-snap motion. And and also on top of that, you look at who's our co-offensive coordinators. Eric Studsville, if you don't know what scheme he likes, like he is knowledgeable in, It's the Kyle Shanahan scheme, right? From his time in Denver, that Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan scheme, where it's just a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of misdirection. That is what you can expect Studeville's footprint on the offense to be. Where did that, you know, that same scheme, that Packers, LaFleur, Shanahan, where do those offenses rank on this list? Two, three, and four. That same scheme, that Shanahan scheme, which is what Sean McVay runs. It's what the LaFleur runs in Green Bay. It's what Shanahan obviously runs being Mike Shanahan's son in, in, in San Francisco. The Rams, Packers, and 49ers respectively run pre-snap motion 28, 22, and 21.7% of the time. That would be a near... 4 to 5% increase in pre-snap motion from last year for the Dolphins. And I think that, again, given the speed that we now have, whether it's Albert Wilson coming back or Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell being new additions, the Dolphins need to get more modern in their offense 
and start running a lot more pre-snap motion. Next thing, I think that this these next two things, right? There's three things I have difference-wise that you should see from last year to this year. These next two things are things that we we saw a lot of last year, but we should have seen a lot more of them. You know, even given that they ran a lot of it last year, um, I expect to see a lot more of it run. The first one of that being no huddle. Okay. The Dolphins last year were the 28th slowest team. And I'm not talking about slow, meaning how fast are the guys on your team. I'm talking from one snap to the next. How long does it take you to call the play, get lined up, snap the ball? The Dolph. The Dolphins last year were 28th in the NFL. Okay, that is a no-no, right? When you are taking that long to give the defense the ability to substitute, get all of the proper, you know, guys in there, that is a big, big no-no. Especially to me, common sense would tell me, if I play in Miami, I hope to God they don't run no huddle because it is so damn hot in Miami most of the year, that if we run no huddle, that is a huge advantage. And it's something that, to be honest, I don't know why the Dolphins have never run like that much of. If I were Miami, I'd be running no huddle most of the time because half of the games of the year, I have an advantage because of the heat in Miami. But again, last year, 28th in the NFL, 28th slowest team as far as from the end of the play to the snap of the next play, we were 28th slowest. So why do we, why do I anticipate that to change? Well, number one, Tua last year in no huddle empty sets actually had an 85% completion percentage. If you're not sure if that number is good or not, it's very good. Like that is absolutely phenomenal. He had an 85% completion percentage in no huddle empty set formations. So, We've heard a lot about this offense being catered towards Tua's strengths. If that was a strength of his last year, which it was, I anticipate to see a lot more of that on this team. On top of that, like I said earlier, last year, we, we I mean, again, if you were a fan last year and you should know this, we were calling for Chan Gailey, run more empty set, no huddle. Right, We saw against the Arizona Cardinals, Tua went on a 93-yard drive to win the game. Like He was just slicing up defenses when he had no huddle, get up to the line of scrimmage, hike the ball off, empty set, let me read the defense. He was slicing up defenses. And for some reason, there were so many games where they didn't run no huddle. There were a lot of them. The, the whole Cincinnati Bengals game, I mean, you remember it. You already know what I'm about to say. First half, nothing. No, no huddle, nothing. They come out second half, first drive of the game. They go all the way down the field and score a touchdown in like three minutes with no huddle. And you're like, what the hell? Where was that? The whole entire game. And that's where a lot of the frustration around Chan Gailey came. Personally, at least, was, you know, I anticipated that it's okay if you make mistakes, if you don't run no huddle, but when you realize hey, this is a strength of my quarterback, this is a strength of our team, and you don't run more of it, I question why, okay? And so anticipate that to be a big change next year for the Dolphins. More no huddle. 
George Gotze, go back to his time when he was the Texans offensive coordinator. They were 13th in the NFL in tempo, right? 13th in the NFL. So if you're just going to do what I anticipate from the Dolphins, whether it be Tua succeeding in no huddle, George Gotze coming from, you know, a, a scheme in Houston where he was 13th in the NFL in tempo, or again, Studesville coming from the Shanahan system. Go watch a Los Angeles Rams game. Go watch it. They are the quickest team you will ever see in tempo. They go from slow to fast. They don't even like have a cadence at the line of scrimmage sometimes. Jared Goff just goes up or, you know, Matt Matt Stafford now. They just hike the ball right away. So with the combination of those two guys, again, anticipate a lot more no huddle from the Dolphins this next year. Okay, we were 28th slowest in tempo last year. I anticipate that number needs to get at least to halfway. It needs to get at least to 16, uh, you know, 16th in the NFL to top 10, right? Not just stats. It's not about the stats, but can the philosophy of the offense, can we get faster, right? Can we get faster beforehand? Can we do some pre-snap motion to utilize the actual speed we have in our players, Okay, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about was expect to see 12 personnel again. And I can't even say expect to see more of it because we ran a lot last year, but expect to see 12 personnel being a large part of this offense next year. So last year, the Dolphins ran no, uh, or sorry, not no huddle, 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight end set. They ran 12 personnel on 28% of their snaps. Okay, that's fifth in the NFL last year. Not only did they run 12 personnel a lot, but Tua targeted his tight ends on nearly 30% of his passes. Okay, that is a lot. (laughs) If you, like 30% of the time Tua dropped back, he targeted a tight end. Doesn't matter if it was 12 personnel or not. On top of that, You look at the fact that the Dolphins have about 30 tight ends on their team. And they drafted Hunter Long, who in college played 72% of his snaps at the line of scrimmage. Meaning he wasn't out wide. He wasn't in the slot like Mike Kosecki does. He was hands in the dirt, you know, traditional tight end. And so, yes, it can raise the question. And it's a big question to be raised like, If Hunter Long is going to be that tight end, what do you now do with Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe, right? Because if you're going to run a 12 personnel, you're probably going to want Hunter Long and a guy who is better at blocking, which wouldn't be Kasicki. But then what do you do with Kasicki now? Are you not going to put him on the field? Which raises the bigger question, are they trying to move away from that type of tight end? That's a different conversation for a different episode. But nonetheless, when you draft a guy like Hunter Long, who plays a lot of his snaps at the line of scrimmage. You have Adam Shaheen, who is a, you know, can do both. When you have a guy like Durham Smythe, who I don't think will be on this team for much longer, who plays a lot of 12 personnel because he's a better blocker than a pass catcher. You know, I anticipate the Dolphins running a lot more, or not a lot more, but just continuing to use that 12 personnel. And again, When your quarterback thrives in 12 personnel, which Tua did last year, wouldn't you want to continue using it? I would think so. And when you have tight ends now, 
which would be the biggest argument against Mike Kosicki when you have tight ends like Hunter Long and Adam Shaheen to where you can line them up and you can make the defense guess run or pass because they're good at both. That's going to open up a lot of play action for your quarterback. And if you know the Mike Shanahan scheme that Eric Studsville comes from, a lot of play action, a lot of, hey, let's do the same play five different ways, right? Let's have different guys doing different routes on this play, but it looks the exact same. 12 personnel, let's have two tight ends, your quarterback, your running back, your five offensive linemen, and two wide receivers. Let's have them all out there in your 12 personnel. It looks the exact same every time, but they're different plays, right? If you now have tight ends that can do that to where you can line them up and it no longer, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They no longer uh, give away what you're doing. Like if you put Mike Kosicki, chances are it's a pass. So if you have tight ends now, multiple tight ends that you can line them up and it could be a run or a pass, equally just as much run or pass, that's going to open up a lot for the offense. It's going to be a lot more of a mind game where, I mean, like if you're a defense, what do you do? If you have two tight ends that can both block, you know, do I try to stop the run because now there's seven people on the line of scrimmage? Because if I do that, now I have Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, you know, most likely one-on-one or at least in a good matchup on the outside to where you worry about the deep route. Or if you're like, hey, I'm not going to stack the line of scrimmage, even though they have seven people on the line of scrimmage, I'm going to play further back to stop Waddle or Fuller. Okay, well, now it's a mismatch because you got seven guys on the line of scrimmage. It's going to open up that run game. So those are the three things, to be honest, that I anticipate seeing a lot from the Dolphins. I don't anticipate this Dolphins offense being, you know, a Bruce Arian style where it's just like aired out the whole entire game. That's that's not what this offense is going to be. Just because you get Will Fuller, just because you get Jalen Waddle, does not mean that that is the offense that you're going to run. What it does mean is you now open options to where if you want to run a deep four verticals route, you can expect to see that because you have players that can do that. But Brian Flores, again, his philosophy, what he comes from is control the, the the time of possession, good defense, smart offense, limited penalties, you'll win most of your games. So I don't anticipate like you're going to go out there and see an air raid offense from the Dolphins this year. Like I, that, if you, if that is what you anticipate from the offense, I fear that you might be in for a disappointing season. What you should anticipate from the offense is a lot more utilization of speed, a lot faster of an offense tempo-wise, a lot more trickery, you know, 12 personnel. Are they running? Are they passing? Play action is going to be huge. You know, do I stack the box and now Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle's running free? Or do I, you know, play safe, but now I have a mismatch on the line of scrimmage for a run? There's going to be a lot more of that. You know, and just because you have a lot of speed doesn't mean you now need to go empty set, every play, four verticals. No, that's not what it means. I do anticipate to see a lot more of those formations in the offense because you now have the talent for it, the speed that can that can maximize four verts. But I don't anticipate that like this is going to be like an air raid offense next year. It's going to be an offense predicated around play action 
RPO, um, basically making the defense pick. Am I going to stop the speed and allow them to run? Or am I going to stop the run and worry about getting burnt by Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller? That was a problem that the Dolphins had last year. We had the, um, not we didn't have the personnel, we had the philosophy, right? That's always there, the philosophy. The problem is there was no option for the defense, right? There was only one, there was only one right answer, and that was stack the box. They have no speed to burn us over the top. So that's what you saw. Whether it was empty set, you know, 12 personnel, they were just stacking the box. We're going to stop the run, and if you're not going to run it, you have no speed to burn us. Now, you're going to force defenses at where, okay, if you really want to stack the box to stop our run, good luck. Because we have speed now that can really burn you and do damage over the top. So again, pre-snap motion. Dolphins were 26 in the NFL last year at 6.7%. Expect that number to at least double. Um, no huddle. Again, Tua was very good in no huddle empty sets last year expect to see more of that whether it's you know 12 personnel or empty set no huddles expect a lot more 28th in the nfl last year hopefully we can get to top 15 in the nfl and then last but not least let's continue using that 12 personnel because in fact this year you actually have more guys that can help you run 12 personnel versus last year right you have hunter long and Adam Shaheen, who can do really well in 12 personnel, where they won't give away pass or they won't give away run. It's a guessing game on the defense. Let's let's go to work. So those are, again, those are my three biggest changes that I anticipate seeing from this Dolphins offense in 2021. Defense, we talked about that. You know, again, biggest thing that you're going to see is just a more balanced, well-rounded defense talent-wise. Not as much reliance on Xavier Howard going out there and playing, you know, a perfect game every week. You're going to see a lot more balance. No need to, in order to get a blitz, rush everybody. No, no more of that. Expect to see that, yes, because that's Brian Flores' identity. But you're going to see a lot more reliance and trust that you can get pressure rushing for. Um, but overall, those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts, especially on offense, which is where we spent most of this video. That's where you're going to see a lot of changes. And, you know, again, if it were me, that's those were the changes that I would love to see. Those are the changes I would do if I was an offensive coordinator. And And to be honest, if I had to bet my money on it, those would be the three things that I would expect to see a lot more of Um in 2021 from this Dolphins offense. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. I will be doing a special podcast on Friday. I'll be having a special guest uh, that I'm super stoked about. Um, so be sure to check out the podcast. Be, be looking for an episode to come out Friday midday, depending on where you live. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it for sure. So I hope you guys have a great day. Stay tuned. I'll see you next time here on the podcast. Fins up.